Brother Milby, thank you for being in the Lord's house tonight. Appreciate the meeting and the help that I've received, and I know you do too. The Lord's been good to us, hasn't he? Yes. He's been good to us. Thankful for the beautiful congregational singing tonight and the special singing that thrills our heart. Nothing greater subject than to sing about the blood. I was in uh, Home Depot, <clears throat> Lebanon, Tennessee, just a few weeks ago. My wife and I took a little time together and went down, ate a bite, went and looked for some outdoor furniture, and uh, I met an elderly black man. He was in a, uh, one of those little chairs, mobile chairs, going around the store. I said, boy, you're riding in style, ain't you? He said, yes, sir. We struck up a conversation. It wasn't long till I sensed that there was something about this man. We got to talking about the Lord. We talked for about 45 minutes. And uh, as I left, I knew where he lived and didn't know that some people that I know knows this man. And he's a, a Christian, great Christian man. Great witness for the Lord there in Carthage, Tennessee. But I said, if you're under the blood... I asked him, I said, what songs do you like? And he, he mentioned a couple of songs like there's power in the blood. And a couple of them, he said, I really like songs about the blood. Amen. I said, I like to sing about Amen. the blood. Amen. And uh, I said, well, if you're under the blood, this ain't the last time that you and me will meet. Well, he said, I'm under it all right. Amen. Thank God I walked around, me and my wife went up there, and there was just modest, dressed little black lady just standing like this. I said, ma'am... I guess it's our fault that you've had to wait here so long. But I said, I mentioned the name of Jesus. And I said, we struck up a conversation. And it's been a good one. She said, praise the Lord. Amen. So I'm thankful Amen. to be under the blood. Amen. Saved by grace tonight. Born again. Yeah. Every hope I have is anchored in the blood. That's right. Amen. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. That's right, Brother Gilbert. And oh, he suffered it all because... He loved me, gave his life's blood that we might live. Yeah. I'm glad that when the destroyer came, uh, that blood was applied. Yeah. And it'll pass over us one day. Yeah. And just as real as it was then, he'll be looking for the blood, and that'll be what carries us through, yeah. keeps us safe. Thank God for the blood. Good to see you tonight. Appreciate everything that's been said and done in the meeting thus far. Need your prayers. Hebrews 13.10, <clears throat> Hebrews 13.10, I'm sorry, 13.4, 13.4, uh, if I didn't know the Lord knew what he was doing, I'd question my direction tonight, but I know it came to me real clear and plain, it's on my heart, so I know I'm doing right, but uh, you still want to keep the meeting going, you want to st stay in the right gear with the Lord, very important, I know that and I've spent much time in meditation and prayer over this, but I feel like I'm going right tonight, so I'm going to just push all that out of my mind and give myself to the Lord and That's let it. him speak That's through it. me for a little while with his help, he knows what he's doing, Hebrews 13, 4, I'll read one verse and you can be seated. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Amen. Amen.
Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. That's where I was directed, uh, the scripture that I was directed to as I felt about the Lord dealing with my heart to preach on marriage God's way. Marriage God's way. That's on my heart. As I look at the Word of God and compare or parallel marriage with our spiritual life, it's a big deal. The shouts that we loved, experienced, the spiritual moments, the high times in the Lord, our walk with God, prayers answered, a lot of that is affected by how the marriage is. You know, uh, Apostle Paul was talking about marriage, and I was reading there earlier some things that he said about it. And in one particular place, he was telling about it, and he said, Now, I'm not saying this uh, by a commandment, but I speak it by permission. And he spoke about it, and for some reason I, I looked at that, and I wondered, you know, what he was talking about was the relationship between the husband and the wife. Was he... Was he speaking from somewhat of an experience or by experience by being with someone who had experienced this, the hindering power of it, how it will affect a man or a woman trying to live for God? And he, he said he would that, that people would stay as him. You know, let every man have his proper gift. But he, but he thought as a man and even the believers in the book of Acts thought that according to what they understood about it that the Lord was very soon to come. And we know by the scriptures that we've been in the last days ever since Pentecost. You know the Holy Ghost came and they said these men are drunk. And he said it's not so. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh. So we've been in the last day since then. That last day prophecy was fulfilled. Paul said, as he wrote in one place, in these last days. When he spoke of the Lord's return, the catching up of the saints. He said, we which are alive and remain. So he thought he would be there. They thought when they sold everything in the book of Acts and he that lacked, didn't lack, you know, they sold everything, distributed it out and they had all things in common. What they was thinking in their heart was we don't need an over, uh, and we are to live somewhat that way. But what he was saying is we don't need this. You don't, we just, it's just all about being right with God and being ready. And that's still yet today is what it's really all about. That's the main thing. Yep. But I think it bled over and as he got everything as Paul did by revelation and wrote the, the epistles to the churches, there were people who, 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 who kind of just thought the Lord's coming was right now and so they didn't carry on with life. And they, they just kind of let some things go. Maybe some said, well, the Lord will be here tomorrow. There's no need to work. Paul said, you better work because if you don't work, you don't eat. 
And so there were some things that he, that he knew that was of God, just right living and carrying on and occupying till the Lord come that he wanted it to go and be done right and carried on right until that day. And there are some things that God has instituted, some things that God has ordained, and we are to, to lay with that plan. We are to lay with that adherence to the Word of God until the day He does come. I'm looking forward to His coming. That is our blessed hope. I, I, I mean, it'd be a good thing for you and I that are saved if He'd just come right now and just sweep us off our feet and take us home. But if He does not come for a while, He will come, and yet a little while He will come, and He will not tarry. One day the father will say, Son, it's time. This is what you've been waiting on for all this time. And he'll leave the right hand and and he'll come and get us out of here. Thank God. Thank God for that. But uh, while we wait and while we work here, there are some things that God has given us and, and God has blessed us with the institution of marriage. It's a wonderful thing when it's done God's way. That's on my heart tonight. Now it it can be not done God's way. Children can be brought into the world by two people coming together as one and outside of marriage, outside of the wedlock vows and and everything. And, And it was greatly frowned on in our society in the past, but now it's not. It's become a norm. But the text that I read to you that says marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. And so we're not going to get out of this thing or by this thing without somewhere crossing the judgment of God and answering for how we treated the things of God and the Word of God. And we are in trouble and the, and, and the church will never be much any stronger than, than the foundations of it. And, and marriage is a, a foundational thing yeah. that God instituted and God ordained. Isn't it so wonderful? You men look with me here into the Word of God. I've been blessed this evening just thinking about this. I went home and, and I walked around a little bit. I hadn't been home since the meeting started. I went home and got some more clothes and picked up the family. And I was looking so forward to getting home and seeing my wife. And, and, and I'm so blessed to have a good wife. And I was reading today and I said, I'm going to go over and look at that again. Genesis 2. He said, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. He said, I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And God took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. I was preaching with an elderly gentleman a few years ago. He got wound up on uh, him and his wife and how God had blessed him. And he said, I just wonder if that day Adam woke up from that deep sleep and saw what God had made and brought to him, he may have took two or three laps around the garden. Wasn't she beautiful to Adam? 
And uh, God gave her to Adam. Oh my, I mean my heart is just touched about this. Uh, the, the realness of it. I've experienced it. The Word of God said, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. She is a gift of God. I spoke with a brother last night over at the hotel. He said, God has blessed me or yesterday sometime with a good wife. And he said, she's a virtuous woman. She's a praying woman. She can get a hold of God, bring heaven down. And he wasn't bragging. Tears was in his eyes. He was just thanking God for a good helpmate and a Christian wife that God had given him. And he rejoiced and he turned and he said, the price, brother, is far above rubies. And it is, Proverbs 13. Now that woman in Proverbs 31 is almost like a superwoman. I've studied her and looked at her and man, she was really something. And uh, But I do believe that each, each person has the ability to be virtuous for God and to be special for God and to have a special place in, in the life of, of, of this life and, and, and doing for God and, and then being a blessing to someone else. I don't know where I would be if God had not uh, given me my wife. Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, he says, because of this shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And and it goes on, we know, into the fall of man. Uh, I think of the New Testament as they are speaking to Christ and they say to Christ, you know, and, and it's brought up about husbands and wives and then and, and divorce and things and he says that to them, you know, uh, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses, you know, give you the bill of divorcement. He allowed this, but it was from the beginning, it was not so. It was not so. It was not, marriage was ordained of God. Divorce was not ordained of God. Divorce is a result of the fall and the hardness of a man's heart. Brother Hanley had no idea, and this was on my heart. And uh, today as he spoke, and he talked about the Word of God, he said, if you'll follow this book that God has given us, and lay with it. There'll never be a divorce in your home. Amen. Oh my, the pain that it brings. I'm not picking on no one tonight, but I'm not going to spare your feelings for the truth of these young people and the people that's around here. Oh, we need God and we need God's help and we need to return to some things that God has given us. Some of the greatest blessings of life that a man will ever experience will come through and by as he, as he follows and grows up in this life and he seeks out a maiden by the hand of God and God I feel like as God brought Eve to Adam I feel that God brought my wife to me he brought her into my life he brought her to me to walk by my side to be there for me she's been better for God at times than I have been she's been with God when I haven't been and encouraged me and I think prayed for me and if you'll admit it maybe you've experienced this blessing prayed for me when I could not pray for myself and I said Lord we've shouted and we've worshipped and last night what I preached seemed so different but I feel the same 
Holy Spirit in my heart tonight. And the same touch as I felt last night for some reason to preach on marriage God's way. Maybe tonight there's a young person thinking about it, entertaining the thought. Maybe there's someone in a marriage and you feel like that you're in maybe a bad marriage or you're in an unhappy marriage. But I want you to understand, never is marriage bad. Uh, but uh, but uh, but not but marriage is not bad. Marriage is honorable, but the situation can be bad. It can be bad. The situation, but it's never that marriage is bad. Is that right? I'm right about that, ain't I? Marriage is honorable. God said. You say, I'm in a bad marriage. I need to get out of it. No, no, no. You don't need to get out of it. What you need is for God to get in it. And God is in marriage when it's marriage God's way. You say, well, I'm not happy. There must be someone else I love. I think we've kind of messed up. And I think maybe not necessarily was I advised wrong, but I thought wrong as a, as a young man somewhat seeking a mate. I thought that the love was supposed to be just swept off, sweep you off the feet. And the love and all was, you know, something that you'd experience. And that's, that would make the wedding just, I, I mean, just, just uh, I mean, an experience that you would never, I mean, just amazing and all. But in my personal life, I found, I love my wife more tonight than I did the day I said I do. I I would have never said I do if I had not have loved her. But love grows. It's much like in salvation. I'm not at all, thank God for the salvation experience, the initial experience, the justification that comes to a man by faith, the immediate immediate work of God in his heart when he believes upon God. But a lot of times we just live right in that area and we never do what the writer said in Hebrews. Go on to perfection. Go on with God. There's a deeper walk. Back home I've heard people say when someone gets saved that you're closer to God right now than you'll ever be. Why such a statement? I think there's some carnality involved in such a statement. When I met the Lord I come to know Him but as I grow in grace I continually know Him better. Paul said and as a saved man I mean a great man of God that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. And so instead of instead of thinking that, you know, the honeymoon is the great highlight of marriage and it's downhill from there, no, no. If God's in it, it's uphill from there on through life and the blessings continue to flow and God puts his hand on it and in his time he blesses it with children. He blesses it with blessings. He blesses it in the church. He takes that family that unit and puts it in the church and displays the gospel message yet even through the family and in the church God uses the family God used marriage to express through the apostle Paul the great mystery of the church that was hid that the Old Testament they couldn't understand it they couldn't see it Paul said for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh behold I show you a mystery but I speak unto you concerning Christ and His church. That's right, What a picture. What a subject of marriage. Marriage is honorable. Amen. Marriage is honorable. And the bed undefiled. And you say, you might say, preacher, you can't talk about that. We've not talked about it in scriptural terms enough. We've not dealt with it enough. 
And I don't at all want to speak anything fragrant, flagrant or anything or get off color. I don't believe in that. I believe in keeping things clean and decent. But Paul got pretty open with things. I mean in a, in a decent way as he spoke about marriage. Yes, sir. He said this. He said, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Now I would that every young man could tell me that you're pure. I would that you could. I think you should be able to tell me that. I hear talk that it's not so. I'm not standing here looking down on you, but I've heard people, they tell me that there's hardly any of our young people in our church is pure. It breaks my heart. Makes me mad at the devil. Makes me wonder what in the world's been going on. I don't understand it. I can tell you this much. I had an experience at about the age of 10 that I praised the Lord for. I was on the school bus and they spoke words, Brother Hanley, they didn't talk about in my home. I knew it was foul. I knew it wasn't right. Things that they said, I just, I, I just, I somehow knew. So I get off a school bus, walk up the, through the yard, and my mother's sitting there at the front waiting on me. And I'm just a little boy walking around. I said, Mama, what's this mean? What's that mean? And I saw my mom, she's here tonight, my daddy, and I'm so happy they are. I love my parents. I thank God today at my prayer place that I grew up in a stable home. I saw them grow. Daddy got out of church, and I don't say that to embarrass him. I don't understand everything. It wasn't taught as strong in his home as it was in my mom's home. But I remember how proud I was of my daddy the day Bill, my dear friend Bill, our family friend Bill, come out on a Sunday morning. And I was looking through a little screen window. And I heard my daddy tell Bill, I'm going to church with my family today. You know what Bill done? He went home, went to church with his family. Yes, sir. You know, a man, a man, it, it, holding your liquor don't make you a man. It makes you a fool. Amen. Knowing how to cuss don't make you a man. No, sir, it's leading your family is what makes you a man. And we're suffering badly because we ain't had leaders in our homes. We ain't had men who knew God and knew what it was to know God and to understand God. If you don't know God and understand God, you cannot have a marriage God's way. You cannot fulfill it. Love your wives, husbands. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. If there's no fluttering in your heart for the dying Lamb of God who died for His church and shed His own blood and bought it and purchased it and and that don't if you don't know that inside, if you can't see that great sacrifice, you cannot love your wife as you're supposed to. That's good. That's good. No. I said, Mama, why? What they say is, but in, even in that day, she had so much wisdom. She just sat me down and she said, Now, son, what them people's talking about on that bus is not proper. She said, It's a beautiful thing. And I, I said, yuck, in my heart as a little boy. Yeah. Like my little girls do, you know. I can go in the kitchen, pull my wife up, and I do that, you know. You know. I was that way too. But it's a beautiful thing if it's of God. It's a wonderful thing. Amen, brother, ain't it? But 
you know, I was thought, I, and she said, it's a beautiful thing, Jeremy, that they was talking about in a filthy way. You don't talk about beautiful things in a filthy way. People do, but they don't see the beauty of it. Amen. Young lady, if that's all he wants, he don't love you. He loves himself, his flesh. He don't see the beauty in you. I'm just going to say you're a piece of furniture to him. That's what I'll say. Just keep it clean. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. He don't know what love is. He's not mature enough. He needs to mature. Amen. She said it's a beautiful thing. She said it's a beautiful thing. And never forget it. She said it's made to be enjoyed between two people that are married. And I was just, I didn't understand it. She said, you don't understand it now. But you will someday, son. Just patted me. And she said, you remember this. Don't you ever talk that dirty talk like that. And don't you ever talk about this beautiful thing like that. It ain't right. And that got down in the depths of my heart. That's good. And it stayed with me till the day, to this day. It stayed with me all through high school. When it was so, now you parents listen to me. If you think school was bad when you was there, it's worse now. Beyond, if you don't go walk the halls yourself, mine's not there. I, I just couldn't do it to them. Now, I feel like that I'm stronger, and I'm not saying I'm strong. But it helped me to have some temptations to overcome. You can't put your child in the closet, but you sure don't want to feed them to the lions. No. Brother Milby told me it this way. He said, you don't send your children out and say, clean up the yard. When they come back in, the yard's still dirty and your children's dirty. You don't send a, a little child out to win the world to God. It's the child to be influenced. Not the world. Oh, if we're going to go, and I know God can use a child, but we're in dangerous times, and this thing of marriage is so frowned upon, so misunderstood. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the foundation, I mean, of everything, and the, and the devil hates it. The devil hates it. He's trying to destroy it. Uh, but I do believe that somehow, by the grace of God, there will be a people who do get married all the way to the end who do understand it somewhat, that it will not be completely gone, because as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. In the days of the coming of the Son of Man, he said in that day, they will be marrying and giving it. And I think that just means that life's going to go on kind of somewhat, and then the Lord's going to come surprisingly to them as the flood came to them. But I understand marriage has been around for a while, and it ain't going nowhere. It's a natural thing for a young man to look at a young woman and say, hey, she's pretty. She's more than pretty. She's beautiful. I would like to have her to be mine. And thank God it still can be. Now I was pure at 26 by the grace of God. Now there's things I did wrong and I'm not tooting my own horn but I was pure. I didn't do it in my own power and my own strength. I did it with the help of God. You say, I'm not. Is it over for me? No. Failure's not final. But if you're listening to me preach tonight and you still have your virtue, it's a gift from God to you. Don't throw it away. I can tell you by experience, if you save yourself, you'll thank God a thousand times over you did. You will do it. I'm going to preach it because I know the blessings of it. And I'm not saying God cannot use you if you haven't been virtuous. But it is God's will for you. 
and God gave a safeguard for man, for his natural emotions and feelings, for him being drawn to the opposite sex. Thank God, not the same, but the opposite. Him being drawn, God made a holy institution in a way that the fire could be put out and blessed all at the same time through marriage. Let every man have his own wife. It's not good, Paul said, for a man to touch a woman. Nevertheless... Let every man have his own wife to avoid fornication. Sexual relations and intimacy outside of marriage is blatant sin and fornication. It'll cut the well off. It'll cut the flow off. It'll take you dry your testimony up. It'll kill the power in the church. If it is as wide open as they say it is, no wonder. If it is as they say, and I can't see people's hearts, and I don't follow people home and follow people around, but everybody tells me it's bad, I kind of believe it is, and if it is, no wonder we have not got any influence on this ungodly world. No wonder we do not have the power. No wonder. That's why I believe our forefathers was right, not dogmatic when they preached against dancing. I don't believe they was dogmatic about it. I believe they knew and believed the truth. They knew that sparks flew when a young boy pulled up next to a young girl and the urge and the power it got would overcome him. But God made a way. Amen. He said it was good for a man not to touch a woman. And I know he's right. He knew, he knew. This is not extremism, no. This is God loving us and giving us his word. Gave us a preacher like the Apostle Paul. Now I want to tell you, if you'll pray, God will bless you. You do need some self-control. You need to know how to possess your own vessel. And one thing has been taught to you, you don't need a phone looking at, looking at women half-dressed or even not even dressed at all. It gets to stirring in you and pulling on you. You say, do you know, preacher? Yes, in the sixth grade, seventh grade, I didn't know none of that stuff till those boys got to carrying those books around. And I will tell you right now, I'm 42 years old and just in mere seconds, mere seconds, Brother Hanley, they passed images in front of me and I knew it wasn't right and I'd shove it on down. But in mere seconds to this day, I can visualize that and I have fought that in my mind. Yes, sir. Pornography is out of the pit of hell. And it'll cause you, young man, to fight a battle that God did not necessarily intend for you to fight. You're a harming your own self. You're setting yourself up for fall. You can't have peace like that. Stay away from it. If you're involved, get beg God to help you. Get away from it now. Run. Run, young man, run, run, run from it. I know. I did win the battle with the help of God. But there was many things that hindered me. But I thank the Lord. His grace is sufficient and He helped me. And I know about some of the blessings of marriage God's way. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful picture. Amen. What a, what a subject of marriage. I, it's a subject that if a man endeavored to preach on it, he would really, I mean, he'd have to preach more than just one sermon. And I know somebody's going to come behind me, Lord willing, tonight and, and preach later on. But, you know, uh, God is able through the Holy Spirit, as Brother Ronnie preached, to plant some seeds right now in the hearts of some young people. That's right. I remember if a young girl came up as, as a boy, if a young girl came up with a child 
and she wasn't married, they almost put her in a closet. Everybody was ashamed. Everybody was ashamed. Now churches throw showers. Y'all know it's true. Some churches have baby showers. You say, what should be done? Well, it's still a shame. Now, if the damage has done been done, but what's what and and and, it, and God has got grace, thank God He does. Yes. Oh yes, thank God He does. But but an ounce prevention is worth a pound to cure. It's a road that you, God's got a better way, and you don't have to go down that road. You don't have to go that way. It can be done right. It don't have to be done that way and then plead for the mercy and God help me through this. I've got myself in a mess. God get me out. Thank God He can get you out. Thank God He can. But still yet the law of sowing and reaping. I've got family members, young, beautiful girls who are still somewhat paying and suffering for making the mistake. And then you've got these girls look up at me, young girls who aren't virtuous and they look down on that girl and they side with the crowd who wants to judge her what it is is you just didn't get caught but God knows you and you may look pretty and straight but in the eyes of God you're filthy amen Amen. you've been defiled you've been defiled do you understand that you've been you've defiled yourself you need to repent am I right can you feel my heart am I preaching you need to repent for what you've done and quit while you're experiencing God's grace. You'll get hooked up one of these old boys. I know one instance where he threatened to kill her and everything else. I'm very connected and close to this situation. She suffered so much, hurt so much. Uh, actually, a wonderful young girl. But it's, it seems unfair that she's paying so dearly for what could have been just one mistake, one time. Keep yourself out of them places, them vulnerable places. I didn't grow up in a church that had a lot of youth. I was put in many vulnerable places and by the help of God, somehow by the grace of God, I was ape by the help of God. But you set yourself up. I didn't know uh, 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 there are bad youth groups. There's bad things of that nature. But a good one, a good one is good. Find you a a brother, a young boy, or brother, you young men, and covenant together. Amen. Say, we can do this. That preacher's preached. Hey, God's blessed me. Oh, God's blessed me. I don't have a battle that other men... I'm going to keep her clean as I can, Brother Hanley, but I've never held her. I've never been with her and said somebody's better. No, she's the best of me. Woo! She's the best of me. Oh, yes. Yes. I know it's right. Look at me. I'm telling you right. Stay. Stay clean. Stay pure. Let the world go to hell, but you're going to heaven. And you belong to God. And you're bought with a price and you're not your own. Therefore glorify God in your spirit and your members which are God's. And don't take what God has blessed you with and has filled if if you're saved and that's become His temple and join it to a harlot and become one with a harlot. If you do that, it'll destroy you. You defile the temple, God will destroy you. Do you not, we not believe in the judgment of God anymore? Yes, sir. God lay the hand of judgment upon people. 
I believe tattoos bring judgment. I believe great excess body piercing brings the judgment of God. It changes the image of God. It's wrong. If it was wrong back in the 90's when Hank Johnson preached and cried was he wore a long shirt all the time, long sleeve shirt all the time and cried because he couldn't cover up the tattoos on his hands if the Holy Spirit convicted him and he felt so ashamed of it. If it was wrong then, if it was wrong in Vietnam, it's wrong in 2021. It is wrong. Brother Andrew goes over there and preaches in the foreign, foreign lands and he, they tattoo, they worship the jaguars and they tattoo the whiskers. It's not here, it's everywhere. Where does it come from? In the pagan land. It comes from the devil and the pagan gods and the influence of pagan worship. Where is it coming from in America? The spirit of the Antichrist is in our age. It's everywhere. That's what tells people to do it. You don't need to show your belly button anyway. Lord have mercy. Who in the world? Tattoos. You don't have to have one of them to draw. If you, if you do this thing and go about this thing in a fleshly way, now I think my wife's beautiful. Brother Hyatt, she's pretty. But that's for me to say. If you're going to say that, you just say, Sister Jenna looks nice. That's as far as you're allowed to go, ain't it? I'm proud of her. She's beautiful. I'm proud of her. But she's my wife. Not yours, is she? Let every man have his own wife. Go get you one. Ain't that right, preacher? There's plenty around. And our dear brother, and I mention him a lot. Boy, he preached some things right out of here, Brother Garrett did, that I loved. I loved so much. Some things he pre- Everything he preached, but just some things he said here carried so much weight that was so true. You know, he spoke that night here and we laughed and cried about it because we know it was so relevant, so real as he preached about taking a wife and a bride. He says, go on, young man. Marry her for her hourglass figure. But after a child or two, the sand's going to shift. And you know, I saw a couple of people who real good clean, even the back of their neck turned red. You know, but that's, that's, seri- that's real. But looks is deceiving. It's alluring. And beauty's vain. It won't hang on. The blonde will turn gray. The black will turn gray. And, and, and if it don't, if you die long, it'll eventually just fall out. It will not stay. It will not stay. It'll change. But the heart, oh, the heart, if it's God's in it, just keeps getting prettier and prettier and prettier. And he said, let your adorning be, not the plaiting of the hair, not the wearing of costly ray, but let it be the hidden beauty, that inner man, that in the sight of God, that meek spirit, that quiet spirit, in the sight of God is of great price. It will draw and attract a young man who will love you and I hope you do find happiness and I hope you do find marriage but you would be better off I never, never going into it if it ain't marriage God's will. You're better off not getting into it. Today, Brother Eldon, I looked up at Sister Joy at the back of her hair and she done like this and my heart leaped. I said, I'm so glad that Brother Eldon and Sister Joy met one another. Are you happy for people? Are you happy for people? It's a wonderful thing. Marriage is wonderful, Brother Joy. You've talked, you're my dear friend. We've talked about this. 
Oh. Brother Porter down home, his wife passed away and he'd go up to the cemetery and he'd weep and cry for days on end. And he said, the children have their, they say, Dad, you're going to have to let her go. You know she's with the Lord. And God's grace was there for him. But he said, Brother Jeremy, they just something they've not went through it yet. And they don't understand about that little woman up there. He said, she was half of me and my better half. He said, they's part of me laying up on that hill. And I'm a hurting inside. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Brother Garrett also said here that marriage is, is like this, you know. You got, you got man and woman, ever how you sit from your point of view, then you got God at the top. And if we start toward the Lord, we're also growing closer to one another as we go toward the Lord. You remember him saying that? He said that the pastor performed their wedding as they stood in the side before they went out to say, I do. He said, now you sure this is right? Because once you go out there, there's a padlock on this thing. And you can't just, Amen. Hey, what happened to the verse, what God have joined together? Let not man put asunder. That's right. Amen. Oh, well, I don't think God put them together. God ordained marriage. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. You break that, you dishonor that ordinance of God, that institution of God. You bring a bad light upon that. Yeah. Yes, sir. The woman is bound to the husband by the law as long as she shall live. It is as the vows till death do us part. Amen. Don't Amen. be thinking about getting out of it. That's Amen. the devil. That's the devil. You say, preacher, nothing you said is applied to me because I've messed up and I've went up. I love you. But if you know the pain, you know the hurt, you don't want that for nobody else. That's right. Just get with me and say, preach on. Tell my children, preacher. Tell these boys and girls, don't go down that road. It don't have to be that way. And God's still good to you. God's gracious. But hit, hey, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. I was on a roof last year sometime working. Way time gets by, maybe a little over a year. And I was speaking to these fellas, just, we was just conversing back and forth there. We was building, I was putting lath on or metal or something. I think we was putting the lath on at this time. And it was brought up. And uh, we talked about it a little. And I've said this several times in preaching. I had an experience that day. And they kind of they was just, I felt like, you know, I, was, I wasn't even really, I wasn't preaching to them. But I, the cat, the fur was being rubbed the wrong way, you know. Right, right. Brother Cooper said, I know I'm rubbing the fur the wrong way. But he said, you're going to turn the cat around. I can't change. Right. We can't change this. And here's, he, but they was talking. Well, uh, uh, you should be married, I said, you know, to have children. Well, you don't have to be. Well, no, when two people come together, that's reproduction. That, you know, it's going to happen. Doesn't mean it's marriage God's way. But it'll happen. Does there grace for them people? Forgiveness? Sure there is. Look at Rahab. I mean, look who she became. Thank God for grace. It's buried deep under grace. I'm not putting any limitations on God. I'm just telling you what God said, what God's perfect will is for this thing. And, but we was talking. Okay, they said, where'd we come from? And I answered because I knew they knew. I said, Adam and Eve. Well, who married them? I said, God did. 
Well, what did you do? I said, I took a wife to avoid fornication. And it was over. We didn't talk no more. It, it went. I knew it went. That's the answer. Not running around. Not whoremongering around. Don't treat girls that way. And in the church, we need a revival of, of young people understanding how to, the young men to treat the other girls as sisters with respect. I pastored a church one time and a boy was in the altar and it was partly the mama's fault who let the girl come to church half dressed. But a young man come around and said, Preacher, I need to talk to you. I said, What is it? He said, I was in the altar trying to get right with God and I left and went out the side door and here comes this other boy talking about how good sister so-and-so or little so-and-so's legs looked. But it drove this preacher to his knees. Broke my heart. A young man says this. He says, I remember years back when someone, it was, you know, it was one of those things. Now, you can't be too godly and pose before the whole world in a bathing suit. But it was one of those, uh, miss somebody. But she did somewhat speak this. And later on somewhere, I saw it on a newsfeed or something. She said, we got rape and everything else. She said, no woman deserves to be raped. And I'll say amen to that. But she says, we're going to have to start taking some responsibility for our actions. Because if we go out in public where men are intoxicated, half-dressed, and dressed provocative, she said, we're sort of asking for it. Amen. And a lot of people set themselves up, and they're asking for it. Don't do that. The preacher's not being mean. Your mama does love you. Your daddy's love disrespecting your parents in such a way. Don't do that, young person. Understand that there is a blessing on this thing that God has ordained and God will bless it. And there is such a thing as marriage God's way. Do it God's way and He'll bless you for it. That young man says, comes to his pastor and says, Preacher, you acquit me. You preached to me and told me when I went to college that I would be tempted and you equipped me and you helped me and you told me how, taught me how to pray and warned me and it made me, it wasn't, it didn't come, it, he expected it. The preacher helped him. But he said, I want you to know something that for some reason you ain't aware of, preacher. He said, I go out there and fight that battle all week long but I come to my refuge under your pastorship to the house of God on Sunday to get help and focus, to get refueled, to go back out and try to be a positive influence and a light on this wicked world. But here I am sitting in church fighting the same devils that I'm fighting in the world. Pull it up. Drop it down a little. If you can't find it, make it. It's that important. It's that important. Add some length to it. I know I'm right. Young ladies know how to, how, how to do this thing. Mamas teach them how to set. Amen. When they're that little. Amen. Cover their bottoms up. This is all involved. It goes on. And it, it affects us so much. And then even if we do, later on after we fought it all and had all these mess ups, find it God's way. Then we let Satan tell us that we got to tell our children. And it's a very weak testimony to say, don't do as I did, do as I say. That's weak. It don't hold water. Be able 
It's an, that you have an advantage if you'll do it God's way that you can look at your children and say, God help me and He'll help you. Yes. One man says, I expect my boy to be a boy. You know, boys get out and drink. They do these things. I didn't. I didn't, Brother Joel. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm humbled somehow. I just want to lay down and cry. Why didn't I? Why? My mama buddy poured it in me by the buckets. She told me that stuff was poison. And my dad's little brother, he had some. And I was five years old, walking around. Bloop, bloop, bloop. I poured out every can I found. I'd get it off the salt horses and I'd pour it out and I'd run. Because as my uncle, I loved him and I didn't want him to drink poison. He'd run around, you little rascal, where are you at? I'd be a-hiding. At five years old, I remember on Driver Road in Lafette, Tennessee, I ain't never forgot it. I didn't have hardly no, I didn't feel like I had a lot of friends, you know. They'd come up in school. They'd say, you got a girlfriend? I said, yeah, at church I do. We ain't never seen her. I said, boy, she's pretty, and she was. This young girl I liked at church. Then they'd come up and say, are you gay? I said, no, I ain't gay. We don't never hear you, we don't never see you do this to the girls, or you ain't talk about that. I said, I was taught that wasn't right. Oh, Lord, they made fun of me. Now listen, I was a tough boy. I was raised on the farm. Calluses. I'd bend over in a back of row, and Brother Ronnie, I didn't raise my head till I come out the other end. But there was a tenderness in my heart. I couldn't fight. I never did fight. I just didn't want to fight. I didn't even, they say, I would like to watch a good fight. I don't want, even want to watch a fight. I got boys I know, they fight them chickens. I don't even want to see a chicken fight. I don't like, I don't like no kind of fighting. I just don't like it. But they saw me as weak. And it hurt me sometimes, brother. Are you gay? It hurt me. Now they laughed about being gay then, but it's the cool thing now. As in the 90s. Yeah, but it's popular. Some kid nowadays is carving attention, was liable to come out and say, I am, just to get attention. It's so much confusion. It's bad. Horrible. But I remember those days and how it was. It was hard on me. It really was. But when my buddy calls me, he says, I want you to know that uh, we throwed in the towel. It's over. Pray for me and the kids. You know what I do? My heart hurts for him. I love him. I'm glad I went God's way. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir, I'm glad I went Amen. God's way. When three called me in a period of less than a month, one of them I performed the wedding. And she said she was saved. But he knew her better than me. He didn't even think she was. But he thought, well, you know, i got to have somebody. When in doubt, back out. But he got in it, had a little girl. And this old wicked system that we're in today, there he is sitting on my porch with his bottom lip quivering and tears running down his face saying, I don't believe in divorce. God's word is against it, Brother Jeremy. How do I get out from under this? And I just loved on him and prayed with him. Tried to help him. He left there knowing I was his friend. But he said it, I didn't. Just an old country draw. He's an old country boy. He said, well... I'll just have to say it wasn't founded on God.
That's what he said on my porch with his lip a quiver and tears running down his face. If it ain't founded on God, it won't stand the test. The winds are going to blow and the rain's going to come. But if it's founded upon the Lord, it can weather the storm. It can weather the storm. It's too easy for you with the lawyers now wanting to get rich off your mishaps and your heartaches. They're, listen, they're, they're not for you. They're for lining their pockets and wickedness. And the love of money is the root of all evil. And our land is full of it. Amen. I'm so thankful that by the help of God, I was taught God's way for marriage. It'll never be outdated. The text I read to you is in Hebrews 13. I think they were under persecution to the point that they would get saved and maybe not want to make it public, maybe not make a confession, to the point they was forsaking the assembly. Isn't that in there? And then he sums it up down there, and I looked it up, and it's called Divine Admonitions in Hebrews 13. It's like, let brotherly love continue. Just because it's bad, he says, and just because that the, it's getting hot on you as believers, remember them that are in bonds. He talks about that. Let brotherly love continue. He says uh, to be not forgetful, to entertain strangers. He's teaching hospitality. He's teaching Christianity. He says this thing must go on. And in verse 4, guess what he mentions? Marriage. It's a big deal is what he's saying. It's a big deal. We may be right near the end. You say, well, if you just threw out a term of 10 years, it can be 10 years of blessings or 10 years of heartache. We don't know when the Lord's going to come. But if He tarries is coming for a long time, and you do see grandchildren and great-grandchildren, you'll look back if you can. And you can. From this day forward, you can say, I'm thankful that I did it God's way. Amen. Let the world go the way they want to. This is a subject I could not exhaust it. I'm running out a little and I know it. But it was on my heart. Amen. It was heavy upon my heart. And you need it. Somebody needs it. You young men, Brother Hanley, Brother Ken, in a normal process, and Brother Ben, Brother Hyatt, Brother Wes, They'll go, and we need some men in our church. If, if you know, by nature, we're going to, they're going to outstrip us. And I love the people in my church that's been through brokenness. I love them. And I do love them. And I'm, I'm their pastor too, try to help them as best I can. There's some things I do promote and some things I cannot endorse. I can't and I won't. I would have to compromise these truths and dilute it down, and I can't. For the sake of the young, for my three daughters' sake, I can't dilute it. I cannot. And you say, well, this ain't right, but it turned out all right. Oh, there's grace, but don't trample it under your feet. And don't try to ever justify sin because we've got grace. Shall we live in it, continue in it, because we're under grace, that we might know grace, that grace might abound, because where sin did abound, where sin doth abound, grace does much more. That grace is greater than all our sin, and all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven. Yeah. 
Shall we continue in it that grace may abound? God forbid. Amen. God forbid. There is no license for sin. No license for sin. No license for wrongdoing. I thought today, what if, just what if, what if, you know, they quit recognizing marriage? What if there was no such thing as a license? I believe the church authority is greater than any authority. Do you? That's right. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Amen. I believe that. So we'll just do it God's way, won't we? Amen. We'll just keep doing it God's way. Maybe out in the thicket somewhere. Maybe in private somewhere. But we'll do it God's way. Amen. And God will bless it when it's done God's way. It's a natural thing for you, young man, young woman, to want an opposite person to be yours. It's natural. To want the same is unnatural. It's vile. It's filthy. Same-sex marriage, I need to quit. I know it's a, definitely another subject, another sermon some other time. Praise God. But it ain't right. God turned Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes over it. Gave them up to their vile affection. Gave them over. Gave them up. Give them over to a reprobate mind. Can't even reason. Men, people, men, women, even with animals. Right. Yeah. God said He brought the animals before Adam for Adam to name them. There wasn't nothing suitable there. No. You're not supposed to be married to your dog. Amen. It's a husband or a wife. It's man and woman. And even our standing president now, Joe Biden, I, I saw a clip years back. You know, he would, would have been considered a moderate Democrat. That's what he would have been considered. You know, there's all these terms. But he was pretty much saying that anybody with any sense can know what marriage is. It's between a man and a woman. I saw it. But he's assailing his soul tonight. Don't you believe that? Probably maybe done done it, brother. Selling it out for what? He may not even finish his term. Most people don't think he will. For power. Who offers him that power? Who offers you that power? The devil. Amen. He even told Christ he would give him the world. Didn't he? Sure did. But the Lord rebuked him. Amen. He rebuked him. I'll say to you, resist the devil and he'll flee. Draw Amen. nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Humble yourself in the sight of God, he'll lift you up. Amen. Marriage is God's way. Ain't it wonderful? Amen. Look around at that woman beside you and that man beside you. Sister Maria was like this, we were singing. Her and Brother Roger. They've been an inspiration to me. God's blessed them. They've had their heartache, but look at them. They're still carrying on. Amen. Amen. Faith in one another. I believe they they got love one for another. Amen. Is the things right in your home? I thought I was too. He said, "The wife hath not power over the husband's body, nor the husband or the wife hath, but we owe it to one another." Amen. It ain't clicking real fast in here, but we owe ourselves to one another. We belong to one another. Right. And if we, def- the word is defraud. Right. If we defraud one another, we've committed a crime right. Right. against God's holy institution. Right. We've sinned against one another. Right. There's only one reason that we can deprive one another of 
the intimacy and the desire and affection that we both desire at times. And I know Paul said you need to learn how to dwell with that woman with knowledge. And you need to, you need to love her and you need to honor her and she's the weaker vessel. You know he said that, didn't he? Yes, sir. And he said you need to come together and talk about it. If you got a burden and you're going to give yourself to prayer and fasten or such things and seek God, it needs to be for a season. He said, come together again, lest Satan tempt you for your incontinency, which is lack of self-control. Know this also, in the last days perilous times shall come, men will be lovers of them own selves. It goes on. Incontinent. That's incontinency. Nobody got no control no more over the flesh. Amen. Nobody got no control. Flesh is running wild. It's running wild. You can see it on a young girl after she gets about 13. starts happening, don't it? Mama, she, that girl needs you more than ever. Right. And I think that scripture that says that the woman, the wife, is to be the keeper at home is like an army soldier that's been put at his post. You abandon post, you may regret it forever. That's right. You may regret it forever if you abandon post. Stay with your post. That daughter needs you. She needs you. She, don't, she needs you to be her mother, not just her best little best friend. That's right. Amen. Not to dress up with her and try to look 16 again. Right. No. She needs you to be her mother. Amen. A rock. She needs you to say, Young lady, look at me at times. That's right. I heard my mama do that to my sister. My mom did that to me. My dad's here. I sassed him and I was a grown boy. He'd give me the back of the hand right in the mouth. Yes, sir. Amen. I spoke ill to him one day and he grabbed me. He grabbed me, Brother Ken, by the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Both arms like this. Picked me up about that high off the ground and went, da 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 And my sister would cry and said, Daddy, let him go. Don't do that. But I needed a whooping. I needed a whooping. Still worked. Amen. Still worked. God bless you. Marriage God's ways was on my heart. Ain't wonderful. Who won't say thank the Lord with me? Amen. Thank Thank the Lord Lord. for my wife, for my friend, my companion. I've thought for a while I wouldn't tell her this, I wouldn't tell her that in my early marriage, but I can tell her everything. She's my friend. I've said I'm ashamed of this, but I'm going to tell you, you're stronger than I am. I'm weak. I feel like you're probably embarrassed to have a husband weak as me. She'll just build me up in the Lord. Amen. Help Amen. me. Amen. She's been there. She'll be there all the way, I believe. Amen. I believe it. I don't got no worries about that. Amen. I'm a blessed because of that, ain't I? Yes, I'm blessed because of that. Have you, are you loving yours like you need to? Have you been thankful? Wash them old underclothes, them old dirty clothes for you and do all that for you? You just take for granted she knows you appreciate it. That ain't enough. That ain't enough. Cook him meals, cook all him meals, do all that. You ought to thank God for. Tell her, say, well, I, you know, this and that and that and that. Whatever it is, just some gesture. Let her know you've got a jewel, man. Right. She's put up with you. She must be special. Amen. Amen. I hope, young brother, that you find a wonderful wife. Do it. Amen. It'll be true to you like I found.
you told me that I preached well last night. Thank you. I love you. Do it God's way. That's right. Do it God's way. He'll bless you. That's right. Asher, you're young. You testified good this morning, boy. I told my wife, I said, that little fella testified. It was wonderful, wasn't it? Take some of these things that I've had to live myself that's been such a blessing to me. I know only God can stroke it in your heart, but it's wonderful. I'm getting out of the way. I love you, preacher. You come on. God bless you, brother. Amen.